Hi, I'm Marcus, and I support Gen X Grown Up through Patreon. You can too by visiting patreon.com slash genxgrownup. Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel, website, and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown up. Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up Podcast listener to this episode 51 of the Gen X Grown Up Podcast. Wow. Recorded live at the Southern Fried Gaming Expo 2019 in Atlanta, Georgia. I am John. Joining me as always is Mo. Hey, everybody. And George. Hey, how's it going, guys? In this episode, we're going to get an update from Hawkins, Indiana. I've got some redemption technology to talk about, and it's all happening here and live at the Southern Fried Gaming Expo. We're going to get into all that, but first we're going to jump into some fourth listener email. Our first fourth listener is James. James wrote in to say, just listen to the VHS backtrack. Oh, wow. That was a good one. <laughs> I like that one. That was early on. That's yeah, been a while. Yeah. Yeah, it said, I was taken back in time, still own a VCR, always plugged in, that only gets used once per year to archive family tape requests to hard drive, but it was well used in my teenage years to record shows before the days of PVRs. Nice. Wow. That's what we all did. I know, right? Yeah, <laughs> we did. It was the PVR. Yeah. It, w- it was black magic to my family that, <laughs> that you could watch one thing and record We're something else. They never trusted it. 12, like, if, are you sure it's recording? 12, like, if it's not on the 12, screen, it's not happening. That's right, not 12, real. 12, 12, <laughs> 12. <laughs> James goes on to say, still miss the nostalgia of walking into Star Video Rental across the street from my parents' home growing up to grab a few tapes for the weekend. Cheers, James. Wow, he was lucky he lived across the street. <laughs> yeah. I bet he didn't have any late fees if it's right across the street. No, nah, I bet he did. <laughs> <laughs> I lived across the street from a blockbuster. I still had late fees all the time. Do you think he had time to rewind? He had to run it across the street? <laughs> I, you know, those rewind fees were killer, too, because that would double on top of your late fee. That was awful. <laughs> so you late fee. Oh, you're, you're late. You're late. You're late. Rewind. And you didn't rewind? You're done. Uh, would you like to charge that? That'll be $45. <laughs> you want to buy the movie? It's 35 <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> we could just buy it. No, you can't buy it. You have to pay these fees. Then you could buy, buy it. it. Maybe. God. <laughs> what a racket that was. <laughs> it was. Thanks, James, for reminding us of, man, that was... That had to be over almost two years ago we did that podcast. Episode. Yeah, it was. That was one of the early, early cool. ones, wasn't it? Digging deep in the back catalog. There we go. <laughs> Our <laughs> second, fourth listener email is from Chad. Hey, Longtime Chad. listener, supporter of our Patreon. Thanks, Chad. Chad said, loved the Captain Kangaroo episode today. <laughs> Good morning, Captain. Morning, morning, Captain. Captain. <laughs> Brought back a lot of memories. There used to be a band in Baltimore called Mr. Green Jeans, named really? after the character. They were just a local band, but got a decent following in town. You know that that had to be a punk rock band. Mr. Green Jeans, if they're it almost anything has to. else, they're just going to get laughed off stage. Yeah. They've got to so be punk rock. If it's rock. punk, then it's ironic. Yeah, <laughs> it's ironic. <Exactly. laughs> Otherwise, it's not. Makes me think of the Ned Flanders punk band that's right. just all Flanders. <laughs> <laughs> you see that? No. No, there's, it's, yeah, there's this band. They're all, they all dressed like Ned Flanders from The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like a heavy metal grunge something. It's like you have to, it has to go against type. So yeah, I'm sure exactly. Mr. Green Jeans did too. Yeah. <laughs> James and Chad, thanks for writing in. We'd love it when the fourth listener takes time to write in. We love reading them right here on the show. If you'd like your email right on the show, hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com, and we'll put you in the queue. With that then, I think it's time to get into this live from SFGE podcast right after this. How do you do? How do you do? Welcome to Pat's Pinball Palace. Yes, this is Pat's Pinball Palace. We have just expanded. we got plenty of machines. Don't forget, we are located 27. Van S. Cook. That's in Clifton, New Jersey, one block from Route 46 West. Very conveniently located. Even though we're live here from the Southern Fried Gaming Expo, we're still going to touch on the same parts of the show we always do, our media segment, our tech segment games. Uh, We have a special guest coming up a little bit later as a treat. But because this is being recorded live, you may hear some uh, different sounds, some background noise, a PA system going on, (laughs) it's crying babies. It's all part of being live. And it's really cool to be here. We're looking right across the booth at our table. We have our Gen X grown-up intern manning the booth, Mm -hmm. keeping an eye on things for us, selling us posters. Actually, I think she's checking her phone out right now, but... So. <laughs> <laughs> it all counts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it all counts as manning the booth. That That's really how millennials do man booths. Uh, they just stay on their it. phone. That's I've how owned enough businesses, trust me. I've seen people in <laughs> freezers at 30 degrees checking their phones. <laughs> well, you never know what's going to happen on the Twitter. Right. you got to keep an eye on <laughs> it. You know all the Twitters? All, you know the, all Twitters. the Twitters. 
Let's talk about what we've been watching then in media. And Mo, let's start with you. What have you been checking out? Well, I've been watching this really uplifting and positive show. <laughs> okay. Um, it's on, I think it's HBO. It's called uh, Chernobyl. Yeah, that's Ooh, positive and yeah. uplifting. Yeah. What are you doing to me? It's, yeah. it's only based on one of the worst <laughs> nuclear reactor disasters <laughs> of all time. Because <laughs> I, I guess what happened was that Russia released a whole bunch of documentation about what actually happened. Like, oh. we, knew, we, knew, we knew bits and pieces, but we didn't know the ah, full story. Yeah. It's like guessing. a documentary of those pieces. It's a dramatization, I would like say. A doc, oh, it's like a docudrama, docudrama maybe. Docudrama. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, but from what I heard, that it is really pretty accurate. Um, they really didn't have to embellish much because it's almost like a surreal event, you think about it. It's like a confluence of crazy oh, conditions that happen. Yeah, oh, have yeah. you seen this yet, George? No, I haven't seen it yet. Okay. Yeah, well worth watching. Oh, I, yeah. I, you know, I watched oh. the first couple of episodes, and it was like, yeah, it's kind of slow moving, but man, around the third one, it really, really picks up. It all it took place in Russia, as you might have heard. It's Chernobyl. Okay. But in the film, everybody speaks English, so it's not like you have to read subtitles. They yeah, just kind of like, you just understand <laughs> it's happening in Russian, but they're all speaking in English. Yes. Probably British accents. So I don't remember. <laughs> there are a lot of British accents, inexplicably. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just the whole idea behind the whole thing was like a nuclear core was physically exposed to the outside, and the guy didn't believe it, and he's sending people down to check. Yeah, he sends a guy. He wow. says, go take a look. And he walks, and like, it's exploded, and he opens the door, the door. and he's looking right at, at the, the core. core. <laughs> that no one should ever see. Yeah, that's you, pretty no bad. One should ever, ever, ever. <laughs> that guy never made it back to the control room. Yeah, he just well, he was gone. Jesus. And then he sent somebody else. Yeah, <laughs> he sent the second what? person. Yeah, red shirt and these guys left Big and right. Time. It was a <laughs> lot of red shirt. But yeah. the other thing I thought was really cool about it, though, um, when you see toward the end, it's like the effort and sacrifice so many people made to prevent it from getting worse. Once they finally yeah, accepted they what accepted happened, problem, right. it was pretty. It was pretty amazing and pretty incredible. Wow. Very well done. Definitely worth watching. So was it a series or a movie? It was a series. Six, six episodes, I believe. Six episodes. Yeah. Okay. yeah. It's, 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 if you enjoy any kind of history, it's not quite a documentary. It's well kind of acted. Yeah. Uh, but some of the stuff is you would think it's unbelievable if you didn't know that it actually happened. Exactly. Yeah, you think it was just a made-up like story. Like, for example, when the, when the accident first happened, the guys were like, oh, the radiation's not all that bad. It's only, you know, this certain number of radkins or whatever you really? measure. <laughs> Turns out the gear they had was capped out at that level. It was actually 100 times worse than that. Oh. They couldn't tell. They had the wrong equipment for chicken. Because yeah, the good exactly. equipment was locked up and nobody had the key to get it. Oh. <laughs> it's just a, a confluence it was, of it crazy Crazy, events. crazy, crazy. Yeah, well acted. Uh, absolutely worth seeing. So, so I know I'm looking for some uplifting now. So, John, I'm sure you have something uplifting to talk about. Uh, no, I do not. Oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> I have a film that I went to see that I was uh -oh. very much looking forward to, but uh -oh. dot, 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 dot. <laughs> The plot thins. I headed to the movie theater and checked out Midsummer. Yeah. Oh, oh was, yeah. yeah. The, pre the, yeah. the trailer looked really Midsummer cool, Midsummer looked pretty creepy and interesting, yeah. kind of culty right. going on. Yeah. It was made by the same guys that made Hereditary, which is a really good I, kind yeah. of- Oh, see, that I didn't know. Okay. Yeah, kind of coming out of left field uh, horror movie that was yeah. really, really good. Done very well. Uh, so I was looking forward to it. So I went uh, to see it. I went with a friend of mine and my daughter, because we all love horror movies, and we watched it. And- um, it's two and a half hours long. I can say that for it. And it's a movie. <laughs> yeah, it is. Okay, he's, he's not willing to give it, that one. It like, doesn't have the structure of a movie. What? It starts out like telling a story, and then it goes into a bunch of like drug-infused ceremonies out on this compound with this kind of cult of, Yeah. I don't know what's happening with it. it, and, it and the daytime is almost always... Day yeah, and, and it, it's not like linear and it's unexpected. Well, I think and, it's, and it's linear. Not, no, and it's I think not it's linear, linear in a good way. Yeah. I think it's linear oh, it for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's crooked linear. <laughs> it, well, I mean, it doesn't jump around in time, bendy. but the story doesn't. It, I, I don't know. I'm flustered because I don't know what to think about this movie. You saw it, George. I did, and I kind of enjoyed it. Not like I was hoping that it was going to be a horror movie, which it turned out definitely kind of not. not be. No. No. But <sighs> I enjoyed what was there enough that. You know, I didn't feel bad for going having watched it. <laughs> I will say that it's the kind of film that it makes you feel like you should be watching it while you're intoxicated. Or okay. on drugs. I kind of felt like I was right. most of the time. <laughs> because Wait, will make really, it that much worse? <laughs> well, no. I mean, make it better. Some stuff that happens, like very subtle things in the background that sometimes they're subtle. Stuff is moving. Yeah, yeah, like yeah kind of really creepy. Trees warping in ways that they shouldn't and things, but. Subtly, not like Donnie Darko kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Which could be cool if it's done well. I thought there were some nice twists and everything. There were some one or two minor jump scares. You know, Tiny, yeah. Little, little more like jump scares of the extreme. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but, so, so <laughs> I have a huge takeaway from this, and that is uh -oh. this film has the most bizarre sex scene you've ever seen. 
And well, I'm not yeah, going to go explicit and talk one. about it. I'm just going to yeah. say, so I mentioned I saw this film with my daughter sitting next to me. Awkward. That wasn't the most awkward part of this sex scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was wow. the most bizarre thing I have seen on screen. So it went beyond with the, sexuality involved. Went, so it went beyond like, okay, as a father daughter, we're just going to totally not acknowledge each other or stare straight ahead for this whole scene. You know, <laughs> it went well beyond that. It went beyond that. Okay, <laughs> it went well, beyond that. We were looking d- decidedly away from each well, other, not just you, straight ahead. It think was of what you might think of in your mind as a ritualistic sex scene. You know, like you know, designed to like you know Someone arouse some god, god or yeah. something mm-hmm. or other, yep. and then. Give it acid, <laughs> amp and it kick up, kick it up to number ten, <laughs> and then break the dial to twelve. Yep, and then throw some really weird ugliness into it. Ooh, then mm. you might kind of start understanding what was going on in this. And it was a not a short scene either. No, it no, was, it, 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 it was lingered. uncomfortably prolonged. <laughs> Probably four to six minutes worth of screen time. It felt wow. like twenty. Yeah, right. <laughs> it felt like forever. It, it kept going. Oh, so I'm going to go back to your scale that you introduced a few episodes ago, which right. I really like. You said, hey, when you see a film, is this AMC A-list, which means it's basically free, right. is this $5 Tuesday, or is this full, full price? price? So, or, or not see it all. This makes pretty clear what I think. Right. So, George, what do you think about Midsummer? I mean, it's A-list material. It's mm. not anything I would want to pay for if I had paid for it. The only dollar amount that I would have been moderately okay with was the $5 Tuesday. But that's stretching it in this case, honestly. It's mainly because the trailer's a little bit misleading. If the trailer was a little bit more accurate in purveying mm-hmm. what the movie really was, yep. I might have given it a $5 Tuesday. But because the trailer kind of sent you down the wrong, this is going to be a really new brand of horror. Yep. No, it wasn't. So I'd go A-list. Yeah, I wouldn't say skip it. I mean, it's interesting. It's just not at all, like you said, George, what you're expecting. Yep. You know, a, a comparison I'll make real quickly is that you remember that Jordan Peele put out that great film Get Out. Oh yeah, fantastic. Mm-hmm. And he followed that up with Us that the critics kind of loved, but it wasn't what it kind of was advertised and it was kind of really different and we didn't kind of like it nearly as much as Get Out. I mean, it's and okay. It was, it's it was okay, okay, but it wasn't that. and so this is a kind of a follow-up to Hereditary by the same director and I felt the same way about this. It's like they said, hey, you made that great film, here's a bunch of money, go make your passion project and his passion project was an acid-filled dream of bizarre right. sex scenes. <laughs> yeah. I, it, you, you think half the budget might have been spent on acid for the director and the cast. I think probably that's likely <laughs> where the majority of the budget went to get this vision on the screen. Yeah, I mean, I kind of equate this one to an old movie from the 80s that I love called Sleepaway Camp. We talked about that in the backtrack about horror movies. Yeah, yeah right. Sleepaway Camp is just an awful film <laughs> throughout 99 percent of it but that last scene creepy ending yeah. where it's got that person on the beach holding the severed head and everything that's oh, the yeah, scene yeah. that's just burned <laughs> in your brain forever well there was a scene like that at the end of yeah, this film that could have done it if they'd have intensified it a little bit more and yeah. you could tell they were going for that at the end like ooh, here's this one last little shot they would put this little code brain. at the end to kind of leave you with an image huh. and it was, it, but it didn't it didn't quite get it there but it, it was yeah. that same kind they of they didn't stick the landing yeah. that's for sure exactly <laughs> Okay, so we have Chernobyl. We have uh, a horrible <sighs> nuclear accident. Yes. We have a cinematic accident. <laughs> George, do, I don't you, know, worse. do you have anything uplifting that you're looking at in media? I don't know if I'm going to call. I'm going to call this uplifting in that I've been looking forward to this for almost an entire year. Yeah, mm-hmm. I wanted to go back to Hawkins, Indiana, so mm. bad. Oh yeah, and we finally got to on July 4th, Stranger Things season three. Yeah. Man, what an awesome TV show. We probably need to do something about spoilers at the beginning of this because I don't want to try and limit myself to what I'm going to talk about. Yeah, fair point, fair point. So if you haven't yet watched Stranger Things Season 3, what I'll do is I will pop in a little edit that tells you where to fast forward to in this podcast. You can come back then after we're done talking about spoilers. If spoilers about Stranger Things Season 3 is something that you would like to avoid, you need to fast forward right now in this podcast to 20 minutes and 30 seconds. Okay, last warning. If you haven't seen Stranger <laughs> Things Season 3 or don't intend to, spoilers are coming. So, uh, last warning. I binged this uh, season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, uh, I, did too. I, I was on a plane. I downloaded it. I was coming back from overseas. And I'm like, you know, it's an eight-hour flight. It's eight episodes. Rockstar. Let's go. <laughs> it was match made in heaven. It was awesome. I mean, there was not a misstep done in a single episode, I don't think, in this nah. season. 
I would rank this as the second best season of Stranger yep, Things. I agree. So I'd agree with season that. one, season, season three, best. And season then two. two. And yeah. they're all not – the worst is not bad. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, no. it's yeah. just yeah, – Even season two, they had that one episode that was kind of weird where Eleven went off to hang out with some other experimented on kids. Oh, right. There oh, was yeah, a yeah. mixed reaction about that. I didn't hate that, but it no, took I you out of the line of the story of this one. Yeah. But season three just was the right story, through the story. story, story, yep. story the whole well, thing. nice thing is you know you now have more than just the original four plus Eleven, right? So many. Yeah, yeah. yeah now you've got like 12 other offshoots things. They broke this up into different little groups this season. Which is different. Yeah. So there's people that are in the mall. They're doing one mission. There's three of the kids that are doing an mission over here. Mm-hmm. And then there's the mother and the sheriff that are doing their own mission mm-hmm. and everything. I thought it was really <laughs> smart how they handled that yeah. issue because you could have run into the problem of not giving enough screen time or story time right. to one person or another who are all key to what we love about Stranger Things. Yeah, and also they could have easily have screwed it up by no words by jumping around so much that you kind of lose track of what the hell's going on. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, there the were a lot of shows that do effect, that. right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You no, know, but Tarantino, at least I know he's going to bring it all together at the end. Well, you have but that I'm trust more like, him, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. But I'm thinking more like Game of Thrones, where they just kept jumping all over yeah. the freaking place and different stories and different characters. But this one, though, it all sort of... And yeah, it was, came together really well. With at the Game end. of Thrones, it was like the spider web just dissipated into water. <laughs> and with Stranger Things, it was like the spider web coalesced into this very tight story grabbing thing. I loved it. So, so some some big things happened oh in Stranger boy. Things season three. We should probably talk about like how you reacted to that. <laughs> let's, let's talk about the uh, text message string yes. that we had. Yeah. <laughs> so I finished the entire season, hit the ground, I immediately opened up my phone, group yeah. ch- group chat with the three of us, <laughs> and I texted. Fuck you, Stranger Things. Yep. Yeah. Now, I was about episode five <laughs> at that point, and you were closest to the end, right? Yeah, I was like halfway through episode seven. And that added to my stress level watching that show. Because like, now I'm like, What's oh, he talking about? Crap. Yeah, I immediately paused what I was watching and typed back, Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Don't say a word. I'm not done. <laughs> so now I kept wondering, like, okay, is this going to be the, like, what's, what is it that made him get Yeah, because several things happened. Right. Right? You had and that. you didn't know what it was going to be because, and that was the thing. Like, yeah. your message could have been about oh, any one of several things that happened. Plot right. That happened. Is it that this guy died? Is it that or, you know this thing happened? I don't like, know. So now that we watched it, what was it for you? It was the death of Hopper. Yeah. Oh. And, and I know there, there's some debate. He's I'm probably he's probably in Kamchatka, Russia. I, I heard that. I, well, for, I read some articles afterwards, and this is of course just people talking, right? It's not like facts or anything. But everyone seems to think that he is dead. No. Hopper lives. I'm telling you, he was magically transported through that vortex over to Russia because that's where they started this whole damn thing. And that's him when they the Russians are going by the cell and they say, Not the American. Not the American. American. Yeah. Not now, the American. No, I would Hopper. tend to agree with you. I think they're right. They're going to bring back Hopper somehow. You can't kill off Hopper. For all intents and purposes, for the characters in the world that we care about, they, they, all, they all think, he's, think dead. he's dead. Oh, and it totally so just broke apart everything. So we got the emotional impact oh, of the death of Hopper. Yeah. Whether he's alive or not. Point yes. is, he's dead to those characters. Right. And oh my God! An eleven soul. We had just broke. We oh. had the reading of the note where the beginning of it was. He was trying to like talk to them about you know establishing boundaries. Right. Well, yeah, and you're like, oh, I've heard all this before. Because Mrs. Byers had helped him to write the whole yeah. thing about here's how you need to talk to your daughter, and you need to help her get through this relationship phase that she's in right now. And we th- yeah. I thought I knew what was coming, and then at some point Hopper had broken off from that and started writing from the heart. And it aligned directly with what was happening. Mm. Oh, and there it was really dry in the airplane. I had something in my eye, no, I think. I'm, I'm about to cry just thinking about it. <laughs> Honest to God. That, that was just that was emotionally. Powerful and oh, heart-wrenching. Okay. Although, okay, so the, you had to admit the funny part was how he actually handled the situation. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> that was yeah. hilarious. That, that was the most Hopper thing Hopper could have done. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was totally in character. Like, the whole talking thing, I'm like, ah. But, you know, the whole in-the-truck discussion, I'm like, right. oh, yeah, that's Hopper. Yep. Thank you. You kept in character. Well, and that's what they do so well with this series. The writers, they stick true to the characters yeah. that have been created. I know that they occasionally have different directors, but I noticed that for the first and the last episode, it's that same creative team who started Stranger oh, Things. Yeah. Okay. Those, those Duffer brothers directing. knocked that yeah. one out. So, so at the end of Stranger Things 3, for all intents and purposes, Hopper is dead. Yes. Probably not, but he is for now, right. as far as we know. We lost Sergei, the great Russian guy who defected over to help I us I out. I liked him. I did too. I did like him, but I didn't mind that we lost him because if you're going to have to lose Sean Astin, you got to get rid of the Russian guy. Yeah, that's true. that's true. We lost Billy, who I thought was a great addition. Yeah. Yeah. 
I don't know how I feel about that one. I liked him, but man, what a great death. He, he great, sacrificed himself. Death. It was a heroic death. Yes, it was right after being death. under the control of the thing. Yeah. And Eleven has lost her powers. Yeah. I yep. mean, a lot of stuff is in and chaos and now. The and they're broken up. Away. Yeah. The buyers have moved away. Everything's gone. Eleven moved away. Yep. And Eleven went with the buyers. You know, one thing I was expecting in this season, which she didn't have, and that's a good or bad thing. It was just that something I was expecting was that they would have more about the other experiments. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah I the, thought they would. Yeah, but the they other patients at all. Yeah, mm-hmm. because None. season two we got the little, yeah, little yeah. taste of it, right? right? Yeah. Okay. So right. We met seven or whoever, mm-hmm. or the girl that had the and illusions. We got a comic book this year that which was is all six? about Stranger Things. Uh, the person number six, yeah, right? Right. Exactly. Okay. There are people out there in the Stranger Things verse that they could have done. Surprised we didn't see another little yeah, bit of that. Maybe they'll, okay maybe they'll tap into that. I think we have finished up with the Stranger Things spoilers, though I still want to talk a little bit of Stranger Things. Uh, and that is that because of how the post credit scene ended uh-huh. in the country that it ended, there's a rumor that someone has measured like how far these seasons are usually apart, a year, year and a half apart, and when they release. Because they always release at the right. And the estimated release date for what they think season four would be would align. With 1986, which is the Chernobyl incident, Ooh. which we just got through talking about. <laughs> so theoretically, because they keep linking it up to something, they link it right. up to Halloween, with July 4th, that's something real Some happening in history. Right. So I read a, a fan theory that they could link up the end of Stranger Things season Man. three, and the Russians were doing experiments we saw all through Stranger Things three. Yeah, well, they got to be careful. They about could be the doing kids. it in other places, right? Because. Depending upon the amount of time, these kids are at that growth spurt stage. Yeah, you where go they too could long. Look like adults. Yeah, and I don't mind that as long as they keep it in continuity. They, they stay at the right time. Right? Yeah. they should be right. They're in their teens. They're all playing yeah. like 15, 16, 17 now. Some right. of them are as old as twenty three. Yeah. Are they really? Yeah, yeah. Some of the kids are. Wow. Yeah, I know they don't look it. That no. whole Ralph Macchio thing going on there. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Forever young. Right. <laughs> Nothing that I regret watching for eight solid oh. hours plus. Not I like that the finale actually was a little longer. Yeah, like an hour and a half or so to. Yeah. Yeah. Like just get the, you know what it's going to be everything we need it to be we're not going to cut ourselves that's the beauty of Netflix you do what you want yeah. they're doing this stuff I could have had two more episodes and still been satisfied and still been okay well, yeah. I'm already looking forward to next season yeah I, who isn't yeah. Yep. yeah especially the way this increased quality yeah stay on I'll that vector I'll probably go back and watch seasons one and two and three all in order again because I do that each time that's a like, good idea the first time I watched season one then I went back and watched it again then when season two came out I watched season two then I went back and watched one and two I'll do the same thing with this one yeah. now I think that's an excellent use of your time no Sarcasm intended. It really is. <laughs> Again, we're here at the Southern Fried Gaming Expo 2019 in Atlanta, Georgia, and we've talked to a lot of really cool people. Yeah. This might yeah. be my favorite one to talk to. Not only is one of the coolest. This is someone that we first met at SFG. OG indie game developer. Yeah. Right. We have Cardic Kinney here from Finite Reflection Studios, one of the developers of Twin Cop, a game awesome that game. if you follow Gen X Grown Up, you have seen plenty of Twin Cop. I'm surprised it, we're still friends. Gen X Grown Up is in the credits of Twin Cop, out loud, yep. which is about the coolest thing ever. Thank you so much for doing of that. Of course. Yeah, that meant the world nice to three old-time gamers like us. I mean, it, really. It meant the world like, oh to, it meant the world to a small team that like didn't know whether we were making anything good to see like you know people come over play the game make an entire video and like you know support us the way that y'all did it meant a lot to us it was definitely a quality game it was a fun game it was an original game yeah thank you (laughs) completely (laughs) all fronts right all fronts if you talk about all the things you want to see in a game it hit every single mark for (laughs) us Everything. So for anyone who just might not have been following us their entire life, it's oh. anything that we did. <laughs> so, Cardick, give us the elevator pitch. Tell somebody who's never seen Twin Cop, what is Twin Cop all about? Twin Cop is a couch co-op game where two players control the same person. You each contribute 50% of the movement, so you have to agree on which direction you want to move the entire time. Yeah. Yep. Um, you each get one arm to aim wherever you want to, and you have to just go through the game and uncover a wild 80s conspiracy tale of corporate <laughs> espionage and... Yeah. Soda pop. Soda, yeah. There's there's soda involved. There's homicidal pontoon boats involved. Right. <laughs> Go in a circle! And Go in a circle! <laughs> Yeah. yeah, we really wanted to find a weird balance between like retro aesthetics and modern aesthetics, and mm-hmm. I think that mixture of retro pixel art with '80s colors, but with this 3D perspective, right? Is a different yeah. way to approach it. Yeah, and it gives oh, like works. a Friday night videos kind of feel to mm-hmm. it with the way the graphics are and everything. I love it. What was it like for you guys? I mean, you worked on this for years, as we know. I, I want to know. I'll, I'll never experience this. The game went live finally. You start seeing numbers ticking. So, what was the, how, what was the vibe in the team? 
What was the experience like? Hey, we're live. Did I mention <laughs> What was the vibe like on the team? How was it for you guys to see this come to fruition? It was it was uh, so exciting. I mean, like the the week that we launched was. I actually wrote a, a blog post about like the the seven days leading up to launch because of just how wild it was. Um, I have a full time job. Like you know what what I did with TwinCop and everything. The entire time I was working on TwinCop, I had a full time job. I'd come home and work on it in the evenings. But that week felt like I had two full time jobs because I was like oh, I was right. coming. We know the feeling. Yeah, yeah that <laughs> I was coming home and I was just like working, 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 and then I would like get a couple of hours of sleep and going to work and. Then when we finally got to release it, that entire day I did I did a stream like from morning till, I till remember, the evening, yeah. and I remember like the moment it went live, I was like on my stream and it went live, and I was just sitting there just like, oh my gosh, people are gonna start buying and <laughs> playing this game, and I think like maybe an hour or two into my stream, like a, a pretty big name streamer uh, like started playing it like uh, and streaming it randomly, and I was like, whoa, we're wow. all gonna check out the stream, and <laughs> it's brand new, they're gonna jump on that, right? So it was nice because that meant that I could pause my stream and finally. Get Get a second to breathe because I was sure. like, <laughs> hyperventilating. Like, okay, somebody else can take the reins yeah. for a second. I can take a break. <laughs> but no, I mean overall, like I think the the day of a lot of us kind of uh, just turned off for the day. We we're just like, all right, you know what? It's been it's been nuts leading up to this, and then the, the following week when we we took a week off, and then two weeks later we met as a team. We were just like. We did it, guys. Yeah, this actually <laughs> we, happened. We, we did it. We started not knowing how to make a game, and we made it all the way here. And, yeah, uh, yeah. And it's it's doing really well, right? Yeah, yeah. I'd say so. I mean, we've gotten like almost entirely positive reviews on Steam right now, oh, yeah. and right. Uh, we've had every now and then I'll check on Twitch or YouTube, and someone new will have like checked it out and and has only positive things to say about it. So I, I couldn't be happier. Cool. So what's next for it? <laughs> so next, I mean, we haven't quite figured it out yet. We're uh, we're definitely trying to uh, make sure we are still supporting any bugs or anything that people sure. find in the game. Right. Uh, every now and then, I'll get like a Discord message from someone and be like, "Hey, I found a small thing, and I'll try and fix it quickly." Uh, but I've been sort of prototyping random ideas here and there, trying to see what we want to do next. Um, but Triple nothing, cop. <laughs> Triple <laughs> cop. nothing confirmed or unconfirmed yet. So you know, we'll right. see. We'll see what happens next. Our live streams that we've done yeah. on it, there's been moments where we want to kill each other, but in oh, a good way. Of, you know that, right? Well, well, as you know, by design, Cardi. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. How can we bake rage into this game? <laughs> done. Well done. Well, it was like two years ago when we first found Cardi here at SFGE 2017. Yeah. yeah. Right? It was over in the other room, and John and I sat down. We're like, oh, this looks kind of interesting. Car's like, yeah, play it. It's co op and everything. 30 seconds in. <laughs> like, would you go the direction I'm going? <laughs> You're not shooting right. <laughs> it's awesome. And here we are today. Yep. Yeah. Still Somehow, up. still a team, still making yeah. excellent content. I know, right? <laughs> Hey, thanks for taking the time. We're so, so proud of what Twin Cop has, has done, that you guys released it. I mean, just we're overwhelmed with the quality that you've done, and you've been a great partner with us. So from the bottom of our hearts, thank you for that, and thanks for being here on the show. Thank you for having me. <sighs> okay. I don't have anything for tech toys again. <laughs> I, we're back to the old ways. Back to the old ways. I, I went two straight episodes where I had something to talk about. You did? So now, again, I'm looking to see what so John he, has he's hit his us. quota now? Is that what it is? <laughs> I yeah. Can't. Now, now back to us spending our yeah. money. <laughs> that's right. I'm sure, John, I'm sure you have something out there that you know, you're going to get me and George to invest money I in. Do, so I do have an involuntary tech toy that I got. Oh, an involuntary. <laughs> okay. Those are the best kind. So well, one of the downsides of being a Gen X grown-up is the grown-up part. We yeah. have to do adulting right. periodically, and uh. as all of us are homeowners. If you can imagine, what's the most expensive part of your home that's not a structural element? AC. Yeah. AC? Sure. Yeah. I got a brand new air conditioner. Yay! <laughs> I was in the market for one until the day of my birthday. Oh. Throughout the day, the day I turned 50. It was all those candles. As the... <laughs> <laughs> really heating up the joint. It was getting warmer and warmer in the house. And initially I thought it was, is it just me? Do you, turn, do you turn 50 and hit hot flashes? <laughs> I don't know what happens. And by the end of the day, the AC had given up. Oh, we wow. We had no air conditioning. I figured as, a, as an omen, maybe it's saying, you're 50, you're not going to need this AC any longer. Yeah, no, really. You're on the way out. Like we're ravens flying over your house or something. <laughs> God, no. God's saying, you're going straight to hell. You might as well get used just to Just get used to the heat. easy into it. <laughs> Luckily, we have a great AC guy who's always, like, maintained our AC. We gave him a call. Uh, he was out there the next day. The day after, he was installing it. So two days after it died, we had a brand new one. After nearly, I don't know, pushing over $8,000 to get an air conditioner oh, in my geez. house, 
But mm. that's not the tech toy. The tech toy. <laughs> yeah, I was like, where, what came along for I was the like, ride? I'm not buying an AC. No, just John bought an AC. I have to go. No, no, no. <laughs> what came along for the ride was a smart thermostat that came with this new air conditioner. I never oh. had one before. Now, Mo, you talked about having a Nest. Yes, before. I have a Nest. I'm very happy with it. You'd like your Nest? Yes, I like it. I like it. Uh, so this isn't made by Nest. It's made by Honeywell. Okay. Who they, is, right. they're, they're like established in, yeah. in the HVAC uh, world. I mean, I think my old thermostat was a Honeywell. And it was just a little stupid one with the, the yeah. blip buttons, you know. Uh, but this is a Honeywell T60 thermostat that they added right in. Okay. It's a smart thermostat. It has, it logs into your Wi-Fi. You get to right. connect your Wi-Fi. It has an app on your phone. Uh, at any given time, I can open up the app. It'll tell me what's the exterior temperature at my home, because that's geolocation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the internal temperature at my home? I can bring it up or down from anywhere on the planet that I want. Uh, but it also has geofences that I thought was pretty awesome. So okay. you set up a, like a barrier around your house, like a range of, I don't know, 400 yards, a mile, whatever. And if you leave that area, that can trigger something, like you know, let the Mo- AC... Like- Heat yeah. up a little. Okay. Or when you get inside of it, it'll go ahead and kick it up and start cooling the house down. Nice. Right. However you want to do it. I was never really in the market for a nest, and I ended up getting this, again, not because I was shopping for it, but because it came along f- for the ride. Actually, <laughs> saying something that that's now almost standard equipment. It's standard. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. And it's not something that, like, you need, air quotes, that you can't no, see me it, doing. It's definitely, you could definitely live without it. Well, I am living without it. You are living without it. So, yeah. Well, hey, hang in there. Maybe your AC will die and you can get a new one as well. (laughs) So, this is an $8,000 tech toy that you're talking about. Well, the the thermostat (laughs) itself is like $150, I think, if you wanted to get one on its own. I recommend, that's actually the way I would recommend getting it. It's much more cost effective. (laughs) (laughs) But if you want to go that way, so it's not Nest. uh, And I think Nest was purchased by Google. Yes, it was. And I know for a lot of people, there's some concern about, you know, getting deep into the Googleverse and they have all of my data. And yeah, uh, that kind of a thing. And I'm not concerned about that. That wasn't yeah, a motivator for me buying this or or, or not. They're going to have all my information. They've anyway. already got exactly. my data. It's, it's, I say whoever's looking at my life is bored as hell. It's super convenient. <laughs> I'll sacrifice my independence for convenience. Yeah. You right. <laughs> Absolutely. But you can control it with like uh, Amazon Echo and things mm-hmm. like that. You can okay. talk to it and say, yeah, you know, so you Alexa, just, you just make it hot as hell in here. Amazon as opposed to Google. No <laughs> it's just, it's just another yeah. corporate entity that owns my data. <laughs> the cool thing, too, is that uh, I can control it if I'm on the road somewhere so i'm on the phone with the wife and we get an argument i can just crank up the heat on her nice <laughs> she doesn't know it there you go that's, that's i bet you that's not in the brochure they ought to put that in the brochure they, they would sell a bunch of this. i would never do that no no yeah. i would never do no. that but you could <laughs> so you know if you're in the market for any kind of a, a, a toy like that i think what did the nest run is it more expensive than that it's it was several little, hundred it was right? a couple hundred bucks yeah so this is comparable and it works like a regular thermostat. We talk about all the whiz bang stuff. You can still walk up to it and push the button. Right. Yeah. But it has all these added features. I would imagine that the majority of people, the standard pedestrian people that get a new AC, they get this and never touch those features. Yeah. Probably. But that wasn't going to be me. That wouldn't yeah, be I'll, us. I've been, I've been screwing with mine all the time. Yeah, we're going to dive in and mess with it. <laughs> I probably wasted so much energy just messing with it. It's it's probably <laughs> totally defeated the purpose of it, but still. Before we bail out of tech toys, though, there's one more thing that I want to mention, and I want to bring this up just because you guys gave me such a hard time about my inability to estimate the cost of something. Uh, I'm going to always do that. <laughs> because you don't do it est- well. I, I, you know, it wasn't really estimating the cost or just quoting a wrong price. Whatever. <laughs> potato, 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 potato. That's right. A few episodes ago, you'll remember that I got the Mediasonic ProRaid disk drive enclosure. Oh, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. The yeah, the thing was supposed yes. to be $99, but it cost $6 million. Yeah, yeah that that thing. That's a little hyperbole. I want to I want to say <laughs> yeah, it's like $5 million. I said it was 75 It was actually like 150 It was double my estimate. Yeah. I misremembered. I misremembered. But so, I misremembered. Part, partially in defense Thanks, of Bill my... Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, regain my composure. <laughs> oh, partially to defend myself there, but also partially to give you another option. So you mentioned that was an expensive option. Yeah. We create tons of data, as you might expect, <sighs> oh with Gen God, X yeah. grown up from right. 4K video files to hundreds of WAV files and podcast recordings. And up until now, I've pretty much just trusted two external hard drives and I copy it back and forth yeah, that's and hope, what that, I have, yeah. hope that one of them doesn't die. And I thought, you know, I really should start protecting this on, on, a, <laughs> on nice. a raid. Yeah, maybe. So I went looking, and Mediasonic makes a ProRaid two-bay unit. Oh, okay. That is right. only about... Okay, again, I'm just about. I'm, I'm remembering. Yeah, Wait, is this plus or minus 100% again? No, no, no. <laughs> I want to say it's around 60 bucks, Less than the original $75 estimate. Okay. okay. If it, it is $60. If it is... 
That's I'm not cheating. I'm pretty sure. And actually, to tell you the truth, these days, two bay with the size of drives now that mm-hmm. you can get that are affordable, two bays will probably do pretty well for a while. I think it will. Well, that four bay that I bought, I only put two drives in. So, <laughs> right. so you overspent anyway. I really did, yeah. Well, I overspent and then I underestimated. Right. Both of those things. <laughs> the Mediasonic ProRaid 2 bay is the same internal knowledge, the same RAID controller. Okay. I threw two four terabyte drives in it. Did a RAID 1 mirroring. Yep, mirroring. Okay. So I now have a full four terabytes of backup for Gen X Grown Up. Okay. So now if any one of my little travel drives dies, I have everything backed up. If one drive dies, I can just swap out and rebuild them. Okay. So now I assume it, it's like a real RAID, right? In it's other words, exactly. It's all built into the component itself, has all the RAID drivers in it. So it's not boards. software RAID, it's hardware RAID? It's hardware RAID. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah. They give you a box and you snap two drives in and you screw them in. You turn it on, hold down a button, it builds the RAID array. Okay. And it now plugs into USB, and it looks like just a standard drive from your stand- your point of view. So what size drives did you put in this one? Uh, two four-terabyte drives. So you ended up with a little under four little terabytes. A little under four terabytes. Okay. You, yeah. well, so you know the, uh, how big you drives you can put in there? I know you can go at least up to eight terabytes. <laughs> well, okay. Oh, that's yeah. funny, because those are getting expensive anyway, so I wouldn't want to go eight. Just out of curiosity, Mo, you know how much, like, eight terabyte versus four terabyte drives are? I saw some four terabytes for... Hundred and something bucks somewhere in there. Thirty hundred fifty maybe. Yeah. Hundred fifty. The eights I saw were like four or five hundred dollars. I think they're a little lower than that now. They're there. Okay. Yeah. They're like like two twenty maybe. So I'm going with Mo's estimation. I'm not. (laughs) Are you saying you don't trust me? No. I'm. I really go high. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yes, is what I'm saying. I mean, from a cost per terabyte, I think you're better off going with a four. Right. I know we have a lot of our fourth listeners who like us either are or are looking to be cord cutters. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so not just you don't just have to be backing up your YouTube channel. You may just be needing to store all that media in a safe, reliable way. Well, yeah, because like right now I've just got a couple of four terabyte USB drives that yeah. are holding my TV and movies and everything, and it's a little scary. Yeah. Danger zone. Yeah, that's <laughs> it is not safe. So maybe once you verify my prices on Amazon, you'll finally get <laughs> off my case about estimating. Yeah. No. Of course now no. I'm so upset because now I probably will go buy one. Well, once you yeah. be, it's a good thing. Don't be upset. I'll get at least the bay, and then later on I'll get the drives. Like the I drives. originally planned yeah. on doing when I thought I had one set of prices. Yeah. All right, the game segment is coming up next with a special surprise guest. We're going to talk all about what's happening here at the Southern Fry Gaming Expo. It's right after this. Gentlemen, we are here at Southern Fry Gaming Expo 2019, and one of the things that I find really interesting at this expo every year are the indie game developers. Oh, yeah. We found a lot of cool stuff here cool in past stuff. years. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was talking to Cardick from Twin Cop, mm-hmm. and he said, hey, I've got these friends who are developing a new game. I really want you to go talk to them. They have a game called Mop Boy. And we decided to look at the game. It was a lot of fun. It's crazy graphics and everything. Kind of old school NES-style graphics. And it's this guy who's sweeping around and mopping up like this little pizzeria-style joint that his family (laughs) owns. Anyway, we decided today, why not go ahead and have the guys who created the game? While we're here. Why them onto the podcast, since we're all here together, Jordan... From Team Mop Boy is here with us. Jordan, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How's it going, Jordan? So tell us a little bit about your development team, because we don't know how to create video games. We barely know how to play them. But we're really interested in to play them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think something that uh, we discovered is that, it honestly, we don't know a lot about making games or playing them either. Uh, (laughs) It's just me and three of my friends, Mackenzie, Charleston, and Paige. And making the game, I mean... I've been doing pixel art and animation for a little while, so I just decided to hop on the art. Um, Charleston split that with me. Paige and I tried to figure out how to do coding. Um, we still don't know. <laughs> right. We're making it work. And um, then the the sound design and like the music in the game, the sound effects, those were both split by um, Paige and Charleston. That's what's like playable at the demo. We brought Mackenzie on a little bit later, and um, she's helping out tremendously, making it just look professional. So, so what prompted you to do this? Like, well, originally it was uh, it was at a game jam, which is uh, yeah. for those who don't know, it's just like a weekend where you go and you spend forty eight hours making a game. And so we made this crummy ten second long, um, <laughs> you know, like it was barely the jump lagged for like a whole second before you could actually <laughs> execute it. And um, we ended up winning the the game jam. And oh, so wow. we we're like, oh, yeah, this is kind of crazy. I might have an actual aptitude for this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this may not be just a bad idea. Right? Okay. And then. We we just took it further. There was like another competition where um, we immediately were able to work on it for a whole month, and we won Best in Georgia, uh, tied actually with Hatch, which is another game okay. team, yeah, yeah. Macaw Games. Yeah, ever since then, that was all during February. We've just been working on it and like trying to make it like a full game. 
Now, so how long have you guys been working on this one in total? Because that's a very polished game that I saw here today at SFGE. Um, well, yeah, Mop Boy specifically, uh, the game jam started January 28th. Okay. And so, yeah, just basically since then we've been... So January of this year. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. fewer than six months you've been cranking on that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. So how that's much time is it taking you your life? Well, February has been completely eradicated from, like, my school doesn't know that I went to, to class for that month. So, you know, um, but I mean, other than that, we've been uh, a big part of working on Mop Boy has been figuring out that balance, you know, between just doing what we're supposed to do. And we're yeah, on yeah, Mop Boy. Sounds just like it sounds name, like though. what Kartik used to say too about Twin Cop. It was just taking slowly taking over his life like and everything. It, yeah. But it's because you love it, right? Mm-hmm, yeah, it was really validating to figure out that. Like, I mean, spending all of that time on the game, and I like never got bored of developing it, especially like with my friends. Like, it was just really great. So, so what are your hopes for Mop Boy? What do you what do you see as far as like you have a projected release? What platforms? What are you thinking? Well, we, I mean, as many platforms as possible. Okay. The dream would be releasing on. On Switch and becoming billionaires. Okay, What could go wrong? But for right now, yeah, we're thinking honestly. At some point next year is when we're really trying to release. Kartik's warned us about you know really like pushing forward with right. uh, with release dates early. Oh, but yeah, he's a lot of experience with that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we uh, we've got like a pretty good we got some pretty good momentum going right now. So that's what we're shooting for. Yeah. So give us the elevator pitch. You just met somebody. You said, "Hey, I'm working on Mop Boy." We want a billion dollars. What's Mop Boy? So we have <laughs> listeners that are listening to this podcast. They have not seen it yet. We'll put some links below the show. Yeah. But we want to hear from you, Jordan. What is Mop Boy about? All right. So I'm still working on the elevator pitch. Okay. But okay. Um, you play as this kid named Mop Boy. His last name is actually Boy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, his family owns a pizzeria. And so your job is to clean up the floors downstairs and stuff. And half of the game is while you're upstairs, which is you live above the restaurant, you're talking to your family, you're, like, making connections and stuff, and you're doing missions for your family. And all of those things ensue downstairs where it's, like, a platformer versus an RPG. And you're just, like, um, you know, navigating these levels and stuff and fighting the bosses, which actually kind of happened all last minute during the competition. But that's (laughs) that's something we're definitely going to be capitalizing on now. Jordan, no matter what happens with the game going forward, I want to let you know Gen X Grown Up is here to support it. We love indie games. We love making sure that everybody gets to see as much as possible. So as soon as you get some prototypes out there that you're ready to have done, we want to do some live streams with you and stuff and have you guys on the channel so you can answer questions with the viewers and everything, just like we did with Twin Cop. Thanks, yeah. We appreciate you having having you on the show so much no it's great thanks for having us or you know team mop boy studios over <laughs> yeah hey Sam, we'll definitely throw links into our show notes yep. and stuff so people will be able to find you all right okay sweet Keep up the good fight thank yeah. you fight the man ladies and gentlemen boys and girls children of all ages it's time for the generation x game segment coming to you live from the southern fried gaming expo oh, let me tell you the, the bad thing about doing a live show Yep. Is that normally we're in separate locations when we record this part? Right, yeah. And yeah. I, I could hit mute for like five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, I know George is done. And then we can kind of keep going. But not I, today. That I seems know. somewhat denigrating. <laughs> don't, don't take it personally. <laughs> I don't. Not offend, He's got to suffer now. <laughs> <laughs> but Every it's day. not just the three of us here today at the game no. segment. No, to celebrate no. the awesomeness that is recording live at SFGE. We have brought in amazing longtime friend of the show, MC Murr. How you doing, Murr? I am doing fantastic and more than ecstatic to be here this morning. Like us, you didn't have to travel nearly as far. This is to true. Hit up the SFGE. You're already here in Atlanta, which is nice. Now that being said, I mean anywhere in Atlanta is still an hour and a half from anywhere else in Atlanta. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's right. There's no two points in Atlanta aren't hour and a half apart from each other. That's correct. Yeah, I think I'm going to dedicate our whole game segment to talk about the games that we have seen and found and played here at SFGE this year. Sure. I've got to start right away with something I know an insider tip. I know that uh, MC Murr was in the market for a little stand arcade cabinet Uh-oh. action. Did Uh-oh. you get one, Murr? Yeah, that uh, that happened last night, and that's going to be some uh, insider information that we can go ahead and leak to you this morning. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you grab? What kind of cabinet? Just a raw cabinet to put a main thing in? Or oh, did you grab no. a specific oh, one? No. Yeah. Right. You did you do it right? It was very much a specific one, and, you know, I was going to try to not buy anything this time because you know. <laughs> yeah that was foolish but uh there it was turned around and there was an original double dragon sitting oh. there <laughs> and um working everything yeah and nice. you know that, that's a big thing for me 
that was a game that I waited in two hour long lines to play when oh, it was yeah. at its height, when it was at its pinnacle. I mean, lines used to stretch out of our mall arcade all the way into the food court, <laughs> all waiting for that game, you know, similar to how they would do for Street Fighter 2, you know, yeah, years yeah. later. Yeah, I have fond memories of doing that, although at the time it was, you know, a pretty rough go. But uh, that's always just been a special game for me because it's the one that I just associate with my earliest memories of being in arcades. I mean, I was in arcades earlier than that, but that was the first one that really was like, okay, this is the game, you know, yeah. the be I mean, it, it, it practically invented beat-em-ups, you know, that yep. game is just, that's it for me. Wow. So awesome. it, it was meant to be. Congratulations. I'm excited, I mean, good, good and I thank you. I'm not going to ask how much, exactly, but you feel like you got a good price for it? Definitely, yeah. Okay. We worked something out that was, you know, equitable on both sides, and uh, so yeah, I'm happy with the it. the big question, then, is how are you getting it back home? It's well, not like you can just put it in a suitcase. It, and this is true. That's why we have Captain Retro on scene, you know. He's, uh, <laughs> and he was uh, kind of, he was more than an arm twister and, and facilitator in it. He was just as excited for me to make the move and to uh to acquire it so he's more than happy to get it back you know he's not too far from me where he's located so okay wow. it's good to have a friend in the business yep. okay so now the really really important question is does your wife know about it yet yes <laughs> yes she does uh she you know she told me if there was something that was a must-have then it's just a must-have and this really stretched beyond that again because it was double dragon mm -hmm. there's only a few games i can actually put in that category of yeah. you know i could not leave if i saw this and that was one of them, and I, I don't even recall seeing it Friday night. I don't, maybe I walked past it. I don't know, but I don't know. It was there last night. And, Not uh, anymore. Yeah, so it, <laughs> so it, it you, had to happen. You found your Double Dragon right on the floor in the arcade. Nice. So let's talk about the arcade. So sure. this year at SFGE, they moved the arcade away from this ballroom that's connected over to the connected, like, Galleria Mall. That's that, part of the mall. It's a right? direct wing of the mall. And like, there's there were shops there at one point. Right. So there's this everything. giant auditorium over there. Yeah, big space. It felt a little bit like they took a page out of the uh, the Retro Jacks yeah. uh, free mm -hmm. play arcade in Jacksonville. Sure. Where they, they give a little more space where you can appreciate the side art and you can appreciate kind of the structure. It's not just all crammed together, you know, wall right. to wall to wall. And I liked that because there was, there was more environment. I mean, they, they were playing... You know, they had, you could play cornhole, you could play, they had yep. tons of open space in That's that big true. environment. They were doing more than just video games there. Now, I was thinking about that because you talked about where they were playing cornhole and they had, they also had some vendors in amongst yeah, the games yeah. and everything. Yeah, baked in along with everything else. Yeah. Personally, I would have liked to have seen the vendors off to one side or the other so that right. it's just games in a row yeah. because that made it feel a little awkward when the spaces were broken up where you know game 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 somebody selling pinball parts game 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 <laughs> and so i was like i i didn't i just walked past those guys i don't feel like i gave them my full attention and i, yeah. I think that i would have if they had had a, a, a vendor this is area. the pinball vendor arcade button yeah. guy area i would have taken the time to look and say oh yeah i want to pick up some arcade buttons today you know, maybe yeah. they have some joysticks that I don't have yet for my next arcade cabinet build. Yeah. You know. So aside from Double Dragon you picked up, anything good you found to play in the arcade, Mark? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I was uh, more than amped to see a kangaroo cabinet. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. Uh, oh, yeah. Kangaroo is another one from back around that same time in my life. You know, a good friend of mine and I used to play that on the 5200. Yep. That was oh, the version wow. that yep. we were. Wow. You know, really hooked. It's a pretty on. good version of it. It, it not yeah. bad at all. Yeah, if you're two hundred one that had the crappy joystick. Yeah, that didn't yeah. sell. Yeah. That's the one. <laughs> Looked like a phone with something that stuck yeah. in your well, ear. Yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, that was that was one that was really fantastic to see and play in that context again. And then there was a Crystal Castles in there. I'm a big, was there a Crystal Castle? Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I saw that, that one. I'm a big Bentley Bear fan, so that was fantastic <laughs> to see. But you know, all the hits. You know, and there was you know. All, I played some Gyrus. I mean, there was I some, some Gyrus. Yeah, there yeah. was some yeah. Miss Pac-Man's. You, you know. see the supersized Galaga because, of course, that's the best game to supersize. <laughs> we did not. Uh, we did not get a chance to get on it because it was occupied most of I the time. Yeah. We got to look Galaga at it. I did. Yeah. <laughs> it was, you know, I'm never now. too. <laughs> you're never too old to learn new things. And uh, I did see a new game I had never. Or new to me. It's not new, obviously, but it was a ROM Star game, a uh, beat 'em up called Downtown. Yeah, I saw that, and I never think seen I this before. Remember that from being a kid, but yeah, it, it, was, it wasn't a mainstay. You didn't right. see a bunch of. I sure have. I've never seen it, and you know, I've 
lived in arcades back in the day, as did you all, but never have seen this game. It was like uh-huh. a it was like a top down Double Dragon mm-hmm. almost, really, with a hexagonal joystick that you would have to turn to change which way you're facing in combat. Like an Akari Warrior kind of or yes. heavy barrel like thing. Yes, you would very rotate? much oh, so. Yeah. And then yeah. punching and kicking. Check so, it yeah, it was uh, it, it was very interesting to see that, and now that's something that may be on my radar for the future. Not sure wow. how rare that was. Yeah. I don't think that particular cabinet It'll was be coming for up sale. Right after Double Dragon but, for you, maybe. But yeah, um, again, you're <laughs> never too old to learn something new. Yeah, house though. So, so one new. game that was missing from there, which yeah, really disappointed me, was no Cubert. No Cubert. I didn't see. I didn't see a Cubert. Not a single Cubert in the wow. Yeah. Well, if there had been, that's been all you'd have played. So. Yeah, pretty much. Did yeah. you find so, anything yeah, like, good to play outside of Cubert? Well, actually, it's funny because I played the ones you just mentioned. Like, I played some Crystal Castle. I did some Gyrus because it was funny because I just sort of saw it. I'm like, oh, look, Gyrus. And then I just started playing. It's amazing. Like, I could probably be 80-something years old. I'll forget my kids' names, <laughs> but I will still remember the patterns. The patterns of Gyrus. <laughs> right. The You know, it's only two warps to Uranus. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and we always made fun of that. I have heard, yes. You know, I only played one video game the entire time. I played Galaga. Galaga. The rest of the time I spent playing pinball, and I think it's because I can play the video games Anytime. at home You've got them at on home. the main emulators yeah. and everything. But the pinball, it's not like I have a pinball emulator right. that feels like a pinball right, machine. Right, and they make them, but even if they do, they're not the same. Right. Yeah. yeah. Still not the same, yeah. All right. So playing the pinballs was what I had the most fun with. You know, the other really cool gaming aspect here is all the board gaming and tabletop oh, yeah. gaming. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know both of our, George, both of our kids did some D&D. Yeah, here. yeah. My son played for four hours straight in the morning. Wow. Like He came down, he got breakfast, $21 buffet, of course, yeah. and he ate like $3 worth of waffles. Buffet. <laughs> Just waffles. There you go. Yeah. And I ate a Pop-Tart. It was yeah. great. <laughs> and so then he goes into the Dungeons & Dragons room and just had a blast. He played D&D. I think your daughter not only played D&D, but she even found a figure painting place. Yeah, well, yeah. They had like a little miniature painting room where you pay a dollar and they give you a miniature and you just paint it. But she's like, hey... It'd be more expensive just to buy the miniature. Yeah. Speaking of D&D, I mean, MC Murr here, he's a DM, and he had all his oh, peeps yeah. show up on the floor. Tell us about yeah. your experience. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, DM since uh, about 1990, I would say. But, uh, yeah, my uh, D&D crew came out not only for the panel but for the whole expo in general, and we had kind of all hoped that we were going to get a chance, which, you know, you, know, you never know if you will or not, you know, yeah. time permitting, but to actually be able to sit down and play together with somebody else being the DM other than me, actually put me in a player role for once. You know? Did you? You still got to play. Yeah, so oh, we nice. were able to all sit down and do some uh, fifth edition. And, you know, we play second edition by nature because, yes. again, we're all old. And there's the best, most of the best us anyway. edition, though. I mean, really. Well, yeah, some may argue that, but it's it was my first edition yeah. because the, the, that edition printed in 89. I was just kind of introducing myself into tabletop stuff at that point in my life. So it's the one I'm most familiar with. Mm-hmm. But we don't not want to play other editions. And in studying them and learning some of the differences in the formulas and how I can work them together to bounce off different editions as resources for one another, mm-hmm. it was just really interesting to sit down with somebody that already knew the ropes. You know, the guy was like, oh, i got to warn you, this is just, you know, for beginners. And we're like, hey, you know, yeah, well, to the edition we are. <laughs> and we're right. interested to watch right. your flow. So don't mind us. And, yeah. you know, we had a fantastic time awesome. with it. We really did. Before we bounce out of the game segment we talked about the arcade uh we talked about the tabletop gaming Mm -hmm. real briefly i want to touch on one of our favorite parts of gen x grown up is the indie game dev room oh sure we met some uh, great new people we saw some new games and some old friends as well yeah yeah we saw uh, cardic and the crew from uh, finite reflections uh from twin cop fame yep yeah we saw them and you found a new indie game george yeah mop boy yeah (laughs) that looks pretty darn cool it does it's a really fun little like nes style graphics game that they've developed it's this kid he he and his family they own a pizzeria they live above the pizzeria in the shop he goes down all the time and has to sweep up all the grease and the grit and the grind because he's a mop boy he's a mop boy boy. there's an extra level yeah downstairs in the pizzeria is like a platformer and upstairs is like a story game happening where you're learning about what's happening and the story's unfolding see the best of both worlds little bit as right, well like do. when you get hurt in the bottom level and you go back up to talk to your family that's where you gain your strength and gain your lives back and then you can go back down and try again it's like real life <laughs> get strength from your family and friends i yeah. agree yeah, yeah there's speaking a lot of, of dnd that's right. it that's it <laughs> it just amazes me talking with these indie game guys it's like one to four people somebody just had an idea they went to a game jam and they just session, start cranking and they just start building yep. and then 
I get to see it here at these conventions. I'm like, holy crap, you did all that? This is just a thing I'd buy. This, I, I figured there was a, a squad doing this. And right. it's just some yeah independent guys who maybe, in some cases, have never programmed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they learned yeah. to program to make their vision happen. Well, like Robert, who does Sinker, he just released Sinker 2. Yep. That's one guy. It's just a dude. Yeah. That yeah. built an amazingly addictive, highly polished game. puzzle game. Yeah, absolutely. With great music and audio cues and everything and simplistic controls. Those kinds of things are just. I can't stress enough how awesome it is to see that community up close as opposed to the big manufacturing companies like a Blizzard or yeah. whoever. Yeah, if you're, if you're just, you know, hip deep in AAA titles and you don't look at the indie scene, I mean, sometimes people think of indie as the grunge band or the, you know, pop punk rock. It really just encompasses everything where you have the regular guy off the street who's trying to make a dream come true in a game. And that indie game scene is kind of where some of the coolest stuff is happening. Yeah. I think it's great that we live in a time when that could actually happen, though. Yeah, you know, people are powered kids, to do it. You had to be one of the big names, otherwise, or you, or you can't make it. Resources, or if you can make it, you couldn't distribute it, and now right. none of that's a problem anymore. Right. Yeah. I, across the board, SFG is the place to be if you are into any kind of gaming that we've mentioned, from old <laughs> nostalgic arcade stuff, board game stuff, mm-hmm. pen and paper, D and D, brand new indie stuff that hasn't happened yet. Whew, man, yeah. I, I love being here. Not sure and when it's going to happen because this year was a different month. Last year it was in yeah. June. This year in July. But every year. Look for it on your calendar. They've got their websites up going all the time. So I imagine the dates for next year will get announced. I'll soon. be back Very for 2020. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> no question. Yeah, I'm sure we MC will. MC Mur, I appreciate you taking time out of your busy day Absolutely. to swing by and Thank you for share the me. mic with us on the game segment. Yeah, getting to hang with you guys is definitely one of the bullet points for me at this <laughs> event, you know, just personally speaking. So fantastic to party with you guys this time. And yeah, it was a great time this year. I can't wait for next year. Cool, man. Awesome. Thanks. We'll be back right after this. Challenge your imagination to come alive and to battle with the creatures of Dungeons and Dragons. The all-new role-playing games of TSR and Dungeons and Dragons unleash the power of your imagination. I want to ask you guys, have you listened to Riffs on Riffs yet? Oh, yeah. yeah it's on my yeah, subscription sure. list now. <laughs> yeah, mine too. <laughs> the thing that caught me when I first checked them out was they had one that talked about Underdog. And I'm like, that's right up my alley. <laughs> right? <laughs> These guys take modern musical tracks that have sampled something from the past. Which apparently is every piece of music out there right now. Uh, yeah, apparently there's no more original music out there. <laughs> <laughs> they step it down, too. It's like layers upon layers. Like one that I listened to, it was talking about a modern hip-hop track that sampled this track which is this band that all of their popular songs had sampled these tracks and i'm like jesus christ how far down does this go they've got some exhaustive research joe is like a lifelong musician and toby's a hip-hop producer and an mc and it shows they are top of their game and oh just a pleasure to listen to yeah it's very almost news oriented feel factual kind of stuff but it's fun the guys are having a good time with it you can tell they really love the topic yeah they are way more mellow than we are (laughs) they're somewhere between Gen X grown up and NPR doing these slow jams. Right. <laughs> I also really dig how they not only talk about the new track, but they dig into the history of the old retro mm-hmm. track that was sampled. So you learn not only about modern music, but you dig in more about the creators of this classic music. Is it cool how deep that rabbit hole goes sometimes? <laughs> right. It really does. <laughs> well, where can everybody find it? That's a great question. If the fourth listener wants to check out Riffs on Riffs, they should head straight over to evergreenpodcast.com and check them out. Sadly, two things are winding down. One of them is the Southern Fried Gaming Expo that's just about over. The second is this podcast is just about (laughs) to wind down. Before we leave, you know we like to take a moment here to think about what we're looking forward to between this episode and the next time we get together to talk. Let's start with you, George. What do you got on the horizon? On the horizon... Orange is the new black. Oh, yeah. Final oh, yeah, yeah. season. Are they ending it? Yep. Ooh. Last season, season seven is done, July 26th. So we get one last look into the girls' prison and get to see what kind of <laughs> juice they're going to make and, you know, who's going to get <laughs> And it seems like every damn season, like, 20 different inmates escape. I can't figure out how this prison is still standing at this point. I haven't watched Orange is the New Black in a while, but I re- what I remember about season six is that you were visiting my house and watched the first season for several episodes with my daughter. Yeah. 
Uh, just, I, I'm just saying. Well, okay. she enjoyed the the series. I enjoyed. She's the very series, much into so, it. Yeah, you know. And and I remember it, you saying that like it felt a little weird, but we were both fans, so yeah, it was a okay. Bit, yeah, <laughs> you know, not quite as weird as Midsummer. It's not. It was no. not a Midsummer. It was not a Midsummer moment. Yeah, that would have been a whole different thing. The acting in this thing is oh, top notch. The writing, yeah. so is many brilliant. great actresses. It's, and, it's yeah. similar in writing style to the original HBO series Oz. Oh, if you remember that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I think so. It's got that same kind of tone and flavor, although not all. Always as harsh and dark as Oz was. It's pretty harsh. But very close. Okay. I mean, for a prison series, mm-hmm. it, it actually has some uplifting stuff in it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's good story pieces and characters growing. and Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. some crazy eyes is one of the oh, revelations yeah. of the series. That mm. actress yep. has gone on to do some wonderful oh, things I this. heard an interview with her. She's uh, She was saying how when she got cast for that, she was, like, worried, like, is this what they're always going to think of me? Or, <laughs> right. or people wonder, is that her? That like, is that her? Yeah. You know? She's like, no, it's not really me. So, I mean, I think it's always awesome that when a series gets a chance to end on its own terms. I agree. I like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's so much better to just, whoop, this is over. Yeah. Or, hey, or surprise, canceled. here's the end. Quick well, and, and do the last the episode. Well, Netflix, right? You know, they're yeah. going to tell you ahead of time, okay, this is the last season. Do what you need to do and right. yep. finish the story. I appreciate that. That's awesome. Mo, how about you? What are you looking forward to? Okay, so before I tell you the title of the show, I need you guys to be our age and act mature. Okay. okay. All right, what? so the name of the show is called The Boys. Before you go into it. So you're looking I'm forward looking. to looking at some boys? <laughs> what are you saying, Mo? Yeah, this wow. is going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's an Amazon series that's coming out. Oh, the superhero boys. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. Okay. The boys. The, the, the non-powered guys who are going after, yeah. Yeah, it's like a world with superheroes in it, and basically the superheroes are corrupt, and they're taking advantage right. of the position. Oh, right. I've seen a trailer for this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Carl yeah, Urban's yeah, yeah. in it, and he basically no, leads I a can't bunch. can't Carl Urban. Oh, I know. Yep. And he leads like a bunch of normal people, I believe who are vigilantes against these superheroes who are abusing their power. Right. This is not like uh, network television. This is oh, another no. streaming it's, thing. Uh, it's Amazon, I believe. Amazon. Right? Yeah, Amazon, yeah. Yep. And it's based off of a comic book, okay. an original series. So All the good shows are. They, yep. These days. <laughs> they are really like, are. Right? Yeah. And I saw the trailer for it, and it definitely is an adult show. Yeah, right, yeah. right. I mean, so thinking about, like, Brightburn, this yeah. uh, movie sure. we just saw mm-hmm. where you got to see a superhero being evil. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, if that had been a network television, you could not have had an evil out of a really. superhero like that, you know, lasering through people's faces and stuff. Right. You've had that kind of stuff starting to seep into the mainstream ever since, really, Watchmen. I mean, because yeah. Watchmen, That's, a lot was, of those guys, dark, like, dark. it showed the broken parts of heroes in a different broken way like spider-man he's a kid who's insecure about mm-hmm. himself right and hulk is a super rage monster and but it's Doctor not, but Doom it's not is like a scar. but, but it's that's not like not real life kind of problems yeah yeah, you know? yeah. Not, not the same kind of broken right like many of those are or, flawed characters yes whereas what i saw in the boys looks like these are just They're evil just, people who decided to do bad with their power yeah right. like yeah. Hey, you know, what or are they get away? What are you going to do to me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, like they're not necessarily evil either. It's just, they just take advantage of yeah, it. Yeah, it's like, it's like yeah. I have this. I'm going to use and it. And probably a little bit more realistic look at what would happen if superheroes were out there. It's kind of like the difference between Star Trek and Babylon Five at the time. Mm. Yeah, right? good. Yeah, that's a good comparison. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Premieres July 26. Okay. So All right. I'm definitely looking forward to Same it. Same time as Orange is the New Black. Yeah, there you oh, go. Oh, yay. Hey, we there got to be a busy, a busy time, isn't binge it? binge day there. <laughs> yeah, I know. Really, I might have to take some time off of work. What about you, John? Uh, I've got a movie that's going to hit on my A-list and go to the theaters to see. All right. Uh, and there's never been a Quentin Tarantino film that I'm not going to go oh, see. So this is true. Yeah. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, July 25th. Oh, yep. is in ways, it's kind of crazy, but I have no idea what this movie's going to be about exactly. And don't care. And I don't no. care. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I really just don't care. Well, so it's Quentin Tarantino, and he he loves to inject the things he loves into it, and so now he's injecting into it actual filmmaking. So right. it's about uh, an actor and his stunt, stunt double, yeah. but right. it's also, I see, there's like Bruce Lee in it, Yep. there's Charles Manson yeah. in it, Sharon Tate With Sharon Tate. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, but they're sure. living in the world that really happened, you know, real like Hollywood, fiction. Late there's 60s. a fictional story that's yeah. happening inside of... Well, like Inglorious Bastards setting in World War II. Right, not yep. Really. right. yep. Because they kill Hitler, so yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like a fantasy view of what was happening that time. Right, I, Quentin Tarantino just take his worst film, and I still love it. Oh yeah, I mean, right. the things that he does are just early films like Reservoir Dogs, where he was on a shoestring budget and he still got his vision out there. Yep. And now they just throw money at him and let him just indulge his vision. I'm so glad. But he doesn't waste it though. That's the thing. I he, get. he doesn't. I don't, it doesn't. I don't feel like he's wasting money. He gets top tier actors. He gets top tier yeah. production value. So yeah, uh, July 25th then. Okay. Once upon oh, a time. So okay, so in that Hollywood. Night we're gonna, we're gonna see that movie. Then the next. 
say we have to go start binge watching TV. Yeah, there's tons of stuff to see. <laughs> Travel the universe, race the Grand Prix, or play for the New York Yankees. You can live out your fantasies in the game room at Connecticut Golfland. A cup of tokens can provide you with hours of fun and excitement. Live out your fantasies at Connecticut Golfland, Route 83, Vernon. Are you ready for a comic book podcast that breaks the mold? Look no further than Drawn and Panel. Drawn and Panel. Drawn and Panel. I'm George. I'm a Gen Xer who rediscovered his childhood passion for comics and decided to turn it into a podcast. I'm Jason. I've been a comics fan my whole life and even worked with companies in the industry, so I've got my finger on the pulse of the comic book world. And I'm John. I don't know Stan Lee from Stan Laurel, but I know what I like. As a true comic book outsider, I ask the dumb questions that keep Jason and George on their toes. Together, Jason, John, and I dive into books from the golden age to the modern age with a particular focus on the indie comics. Get your news, reviews, interviews, insight, and commentary from all corners of the comic book world here on Drawn and Paneled. Find us anywhere you listen to podcasts or over on our website at drawnandpaneled.com. If there was anything in this show you'd like to learn more about, the show notes which accompany each episode are full of links to click and explore. Catch up on past episodes and get pinged every time a new one's released by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. And you know, iTunes reviews help more than you know, so if you haven't yet, please rate and review us in the iTunes app. And if you have a friend who isn't yet listening, why not? Tell them about us, they'll thank you later. You're our fourth listener, and we'd love to read your emails right here on the show, so hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. And finally, Gen X Grown Up is more than just this podcast. Our YouTube channel has hundreds of videos ready for you to enjoy. Plus, you can find our entire body of work on genxgrownup.com. That will wrap it up for this edition of the Gen X Grown Up edition. podcast live, <laughs> recorded here at the Southern Fried Gaming Expo in Atlanta, Georgia. It's been a good time this year, 2019. Uh, I'll definitely be back in 2020. And I really liked recording this live with you guys. This I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, absolutely. We don't get that many opportunities. You have that background noise. So as a listener, I'm sure you're hearing a little bit different sound. But I mean, that's uh, that's reality. That's ambiance. Right. That's, uh, <laughs> that's what we're experiencing. So, you know, we get people walking by and they look at us funny and go, what are these nerds doing? You know, yeah. screaming into microphones but right. of course we're in a whole convention hall full of nerds so who cares yeah, yeah. so they just don't have microphones the only difference <laughs> <laughs> before we leave I want to take just a moment to thank all of the fine folks who support us over on Patreon oh yeah These for sure these are folks that take a dollar or more out of their pocket every day, help support us financially to keep the podcast going, the YouTube channel going, the website going. Just We are so grateful. And I'm talking about you, Will and Dana Stubaka, Corey Steen, Thomas T2, Marcus Slomo, Agile, Levi, Chad, Mike, and brand new since we last recorded, Greg. Added to the roster Thanks of you. patrons. Thank you, nice. Greg. If you would like to add yourself to this pantheon of amazing human beings and support us, head over to patreon.com slash genxgrownup. Plus, if you are a Patreon member, we have a ton of now of extra bonus content. Extra stuff. That only Patreon members get this here. Well, so. only certain Patreon members. Yeah. Oh. At a certain what, level. Did you hit that $3 level? That's right. No, we appreciate all of our Patreon. We do. <laughs> but we ramble on our podcast. It's hard to believe, I imagine. I, but yeah, sometimes we sometimes go off topic. And sometimes we go off on tangents, and when that doesn't make it, now we take and we bundle those up into special patron-exclusive pieces, and you can hear those right on Patreon. So if you decide to join us, you have not only the warming cockles of your heart to look forward to, but yes. also some bonus podcast content. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> we'll be back in two weeks with the regular edition of the show, but next week we have a new backtrack. Oh. Mo, what are we talking about next week's backtrack? I'm super excited. This was actually recommended by one of our fourth listeners, I believe. That's right. Yep. And I am a super space nerd, and so we're going to be talking about the space race. The space race. And oh, it's going to be Everything fun. from Apollo up to space shuttle. And, and, and oh. all the technology that was inspired yeah. by it. And the, I mean, the, the tang, anything you can get out of the space race. <laughs> yeah. all the, Velcro, I mean, all that. <laughs> we'll be talking all about that. You will not want to miss that. Until then, I am John. George, thanks for being here. Yes, sir. Mo, you know, I always appreciate you. Always fun, man. But fourth listener, we appreciate you. Most of all, we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. See you guys. Take care, everybody. No life, no fun. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? GenX Grown-Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. We're also an affiliate of the Geeks Worldwide Radio Network. You can check them out at the GWW.com. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time for the Generation X game segment coming to you live from South 
See, it's not Florida. It's not, <laughs> it's not Florida. Dude, it's looking at you. It's not called that. It's not yeah, called it's not that. South it's not South Florida. It's Southern Fried, you Nimrod. Oh. <laughs> what kind of idiot would call it South Florida? I, know. I mean, that's just Jeez. reprehensible. Especially not somebody who would ever give anyone else grief about that. I'm just thinking, don't say it. <laughs> don't, don't say it. it. Don't, don't say, say it. Say it. <laughs> don't say the it. The whole time. Boom. It's early. Five, four, three. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time for the Generation X game segment. Coming to you live from... <laughs> it's, it's Southern Fried. Southern Fried. Southern Fried. Southern Fried. Southern Fried. Southern Fried. In a world infatuated with comic fandom comes a show to help us remember the talents that have inspired us. Whoa, 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 cut. Oh, come on. It wasn't that bad. It's a bit dramatic. Let's just tell them about the show, guys. We are the Canned Air Podcast. Join us weekly for a comedic trip through pop culture. We also welcome some cool comic creators, as well as some of the voice and screen actors that help shape your childhood. Find us on cannedairpodcast.com and on the Evergreen Podcast Network. 